I said, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, there's an energy that happens in a church meeting when people love Jesus and when they come expecting to hear from the Lord. I like this place. I like Sunday mornings in Hayward at Heart of the Bay. I like Sunday nights in Hayward at Heart of the Bay. I like Wednesday nights in Hayward at Heart of the Bay. I like, I like Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays at Heart of the Bay. I like Heart of the Bay. I, maybe there's a theme going on here. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love sitting in on the prayer meetings. I love going to church. I said I love going to church. Not a dead church, a living church. Where I can hear direction and I can hear correction. Ooh. But it's all good. Somebody say it's all good. Because you know he's the good shepherd. And when you're in a good place, you, you, you can get happy in the Lord. So we already prayed. Are you ready to get into today's message? We had a real good time in the first service, but I, I want to be uh, very sensitive not to try to duplicate what happened in the first service because there are uh, distinct needs here today and distinct, uh, uh, distinct uh, uh, impartations today in, in our service. Hallelujah. Are we gathered in His name, church? Do we want to hear from heaven, church? Stretch forth your hand toward Pastor Tom. Lord, thank you for helping Pastor Tom, and thank you for opening our ears to hear what you have to say to us. Thank you for life flowing today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Uh, title today's message is, Get a Life. Now, oftentimes that's used in a derogatory means when like somebody doesn't have anything better to do than to get into your business and you're like, really? Like, come on, like, get a life. But I just, that's the way it came to me, like, get a life. And I'm not sure if this will be a series, but, but the first uh, segment and maybe the last segment, but let's make it a good segment, is called The Significance of a Willing Heart in you getting your life. The significance of a willing heart. And let me open up with a portion of Scripture that we know very affectionately as the Lord's Prayer. And that would be found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19, 9 through 13, rather, in the King James Version, because that's the version that I learned it when I was a little boy. How many of you remember the Lord's Prayer? Okay, all around the room. When's the last time any of you heard the Lord's Prayer? You heard it today? She prays it every day. Okay, so ju- just a thought. Now, I'm not making a case for praying the, pr- the Lord's Prayer, but when His disciples were asking Jesus, how do we pray? You know, He says, after this manner, pray ye. In other words, this is, this is a manner in which you can pray. And it, you can pray the Lord's Prayer. It's a blessing, you know, to say, our, which we're going to do in a moment. Um, you can do that, but also it could be a template for how you pray. You see, here's a thought. Uh, It says, the very first part of the Lord's Prayer is, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is a statement of worship. And what does the Bible say? From the rising of the sun till the time that it goes down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. So we may not even get past anything. We might be here till 7 o'clock tonight just worshiping His name. But I can't do that to you because the Niners are playing. So let's go back to the notes. (laughs) (laughs) Just having a little fun. So anyway, he said, after this manner in verse 9, therefore pray ye. And he said, you're welcome to pray it with me. Our Father, let me hear you, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And the church said, Amen. Good for us. We stayed together. They stayed together, Pastor. Sometimes, well, I was kind of guiding you guys in the timing of it. I remember we, never mind. Um, let's, let's bring to front and center what the Lord kind of inspired in my heart to bring with you to, toward you today. And that was, we're familiar with our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse 10 is what we want to focus on this morning. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, um, we may say, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Sounds like poetry, doesn't doesn't sound beautiful. But in our hearts, let's be honest about it. Sometimes, don't we really feel kind of like, my kingdom come and my will be done? Or or variations of that, you understand? Like, uh, thy kingdom come, but my will be done. <laughs> or, you know, different variations. Like, look, come on, let's be honest, friends. You're not, we may not say those words, but because of our lifestyle or the, so the decisions we make and the feelings that we harbor and live by, we're really say, we, may be, we may be saying uh, 50-50 here, thy kingdom come, but <clears throat> my will be done. I'm just saying. Sometimes we say that. I mean, sometimes we don't, we don't say that, but that's what we mean. But, you know, uh, the, the, there is a key here that we're going to focus on this morning, and we won't hold you here all day, but we're going to talk about thy will be done. Somebody said, I got an amen over here. Thank you. Mark that person down. Have to, I owe him something. Hallelujah. So, uh, I got inspiration from this message from a little book uh, that Brother Hagen um, wrote. And we're not talking about prosperity, and prosperity is more than money, you understand. But in this, uh, in this little book, How God Taught Me About Prosperity, on page 7, he talks about he was flat broke. And so he went to the Lord in prayer about it. And he was bringing to the Lord a scripture which was, we can turn to, I'll have our friends in high places up there bring it out, which is Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. They'll get it up there in a moment. But it says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Now we at least have to have as much sense as, and be honest with ourselves as Brother Hagin. Some things in our life, they're not working. So he had enough sense to say, this ain't working. I don't have enough. In that case, he was talking about, you know, finances and that. But I don't know what it is in your case. I know what it is in mine. What is it? None of your business right now. But, hallelujah, we all have something that we need to dial it in. Come on, Jesus, help us dial it in today. And the Lord challenged Brother Hagin as he was honest. He went to prayer. That's what we ought to do when something's not working. We need to say, get to prayer and ask the Lord, what's going on? So he brought this scripture to him. Let's read this scripture as they put it up there. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. Can you read it with me? It's not very long. It says this in verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And then in his honesty, he said, well, I, I've, been, I've been doing that. That's why I brought that scripture up. You understand what I'm saying? And the Lord said, well, actually, um, got to break this to you. You've been obedient, but you haven't been willing. So, of course, he shows, tells him the story. I got willing real quick. <laughs> the question for you, friends, is, is it possible for you to be obedient, but not willing? Let me ask that again if there's some honest souls in the house. Is it possible for you to do the right thing, do what's required of you, but not be willing in your heart? Yes. It sure is. Did Wilma stay for the second service too? <laughs> Tell it like it is. Hallelujah. Absolutely is possible. Now, I'm just saying today we're going to get into somebody's business and I don't want you to get sad on me because the Lord's trying to help you. We're not trying to take things from you. That's not what God's here to do. He's trying to bring things to you. Jesus said that I am come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. But it seems to me that if we're not enjoying the fullness and the fat of the land and things aren't quite going, let's take a look at the same thing that Brother Hagin took a look at about the willing heart. Somebody said amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you for those amens. So, let's see. Do I really have to give you examples about a willing heart? 
like, okay, let me just talk about when we're serving one another. Like when you clean the stove and it was perfect. That stove, it looked like a mirror. It was so beautiful. And then somebody came and boiled noodles on the stove and it spilled over. And oh man, it looked horrible. Uh, oily mess on the stove. I'm sorry. Honey. You know? It's just like, or how about, how about you clean something up real good and somebody left an absolute mess? And then you said like, what? No way. So how many of you have washed dishes in anger? Come on, be honest with me. <laughs> or they forgot to take the trash out or something and you're, 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 you're putting on your whatevers and getting out there before the garbage truck goes on and you're chasing it down the street. Wait, wait, my garbage over here. Somebody forgot to take it out. And, and you're, you're doing it, but you're on the inside. You're not very willing. You're kind of grudging about it. Well, this is kind of levity, and I get it. A lot of times we do things like this where we do the right thing, but we have feelings that just that we harbor. You know, we, even though it is possible, friends, to do the right, it's, it's possible to take out the trash, clean the stove again. Uh, it's possible to, to wash those dishes again and to clean up again after somebody else, after you ask them a million times. Well, I'm the one that leaves stuff, don't, so don't, this is not my wife. I, I leave things around. I get kind of multitasking and forget I left something halfway and the counter is full of stuff. If you know that I like to cook, uh, then find out about it because I make a mess. I try to dirty Every pot, every day. If I haven't dirtied every single pot, I haven't cooked yet. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. It's like my wife would come into the kitchen and she'll kind of go like, really? (laughs) It's true. I like to dirty every pot. Anyway, moving right along. I'm trying to keep it light because we're about to get into some serious stuff. We're supposed to live a life free of grumbling and complaining and murmuring. What happened to all that praise the Lord stuff? Get the praise team back up here. (laughs) Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15. Let's see which edition is the best here. I'm going to do the amplified because that's really good. Philippians 2, 14 and 15 demonstrates the point how you can do something and you may be serving as an usher. And by the way, we could use some help in parking lot security. I'm just making a plug. I'm just saying... You realize that in double digits, there's snatch and grab. And at Heart of the Bay, you could come and be safe here. Why? Because there's people out there. There's guys that are out there watching your cars. Praise the Lord with a smile, watching all the strangers that come by. And they don't mess with our cars at Heart of the Bay. Hallelujah. Just saying. All right. So where was I? You're going to put it up there, right? Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do, do most things without... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Do... Do most things, no, do all things without what? Grumbling and fault finding and what? Complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourselves. Wow. Oh, I'm going there. Yes, I am. How many perfectionists do we have in the house? You're a melancholic and you know it. You may not be proud about it, but you know, man, I, sometimes I feel so good. I washed it up so nice. I did everything, cleaned that place. And I'm, my wife comes in and she, she is a real, I mean, we're both melancholics, but I'm not as much. She'll go like that. Hey, right there, right there. Ee! You get the ew. I'm like, what, 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 what? Oh, the pot, ew. <laughs> you know, and you missed the spot. You know, we, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying life isn't perfect, ladies and gentlemen. There, we, we do the best we can. But are we going to get bent out of sorts because there was, a, there was a, some dried rice on a pot that didn't wash out very good? Oh, see, she, I, don't, I don't think that, that she's going to give me no grace on that if I didn't get the. So I do my best to, you know, because I know that uh, I have an expert coming to check things out. Hallelujah. But life isn't perfect. You buy a new car, it's nice and shiny. A day later, boom, somebody like, no, somebody's shopping cart. So you go and spend $1,000 to get it painted. You go, now it's perfect. And you go out, you shopping again. Boom, another one like, what? You're going to have, life's going to have a dent. There's going to be scratches. The windshield's going to be dead. Come on, friends. Yeah, the tires are going to whatever. It's just part of the life experience. Like Pastor Mark said, life is a contact sport. 
It just is. And if uh, imperfection comes into contact with your melancholic tendencies, we need a little grace. Somebody said amen. All right, enough fun. We're going to get to the serious part of this message. Stop it, you guys. Stop it. You right there. Okay, stop it. Friends, it comes down to the battle of the wills. And what better example to talk about a will, because you're not going to, I'll just tell you right now, you will not eat the fullness of the fat of land if you're not willing and obedient. So let's, let's just talk about uh, our hero, uh, Jesus, praise the Lord, and how, what he did with his will. Are you ready for this? Hebrews, uh, for instance, first of all, there's a plan of God. And just many times in our circles, we could think that when you are in the center of God's plan, everything is rosy and it's going to be just perfect. Try telling that to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. But they, they praise the Lord in the midnight hour. Hallelujah. And understand that the power of God will always be present. Even though you've been beaten and jailed and accused of something, uh, they were able at the midnight hour, what happened? They prayed and they praised and they sang. And what, ha- what did God do? He opened the prison doors. Hallelujah. I'm just saying. But, you know, they still had to go into prison and they still were beaten. Hmm. Interesting, right? Look at, this was Jesus, uh, this was Jesus um, uh, calling. Therefore, this is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4 through 23. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. And, of course, what's Jesus? Jesus came into the world to take away sins, right? Therefore, he came into the world. When he came into the world, he said, he being Jesus, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Can I take a side journey? I know we're in the middle of this scripture. But sometimes when it comes to the place of the altar of your will, sometimes we like uh, to do an alternate strategy. Maybe if I serve a little more, this is where the, what's God's requiring of me to walk in my destiny. But I don't like that. I don't think that's comfortable. That doesn't feel good. So how about if I praise a little more? Uh, brother, how about if I say a thousand confessions? A thousand confessions and all the praying you could do till you turn blue in the face will not substitute praising. And I'm all for praising God. I took the 30-day dance challenge when Pastor Mark was doing the whatever it was, the funky chicken. I says, well, well, well. So I started dancing before the Lord at home. And I'm dancing some things in for, you know, to see some deliverances too. But what I'm saying is sometimes it's just simple obedience and willingness. You cannot substitute a song and a dance when you have to put your will on the line. Because it's, honestly, when you put your will on the line, that's where the rubber meets the road. Your will. Your will. Hallelujah. And my will, individually. So it said, so in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. And then it says in verse 7, then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do what? Say it with me. To do your will, O God. To do your will, O God. And then later on it talks about in verse 8 previously saying sacrifice and offerings burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire had no pleasure in them which are an offering according to the law when he said behold I have come to do your will O God so what's so interesting is as we study Jesus and what he did with his will let me ask you a few questions do you think that going to the cross was easy Do you think that it was automatic for Jesus to go to the cross? It wasn't. And I'm going to show you. Something happened in the description of Gethsemane. We see the process that Jesus went through. And I dare say it's an example for us for the process that we're going to go through when we need to walk through. Are there? I thought... I thought this was a faith church, Pastor Tom. It is a faith church. But we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus. If Jesus had a Gethsemane, trust me, I think there's going to be opportunity for you to have a Gethsemane. 
So let's go to Matthew chapter 26 and verse 36 to 46. I am in the Amplified Classic Version on the account of Jesus' will. Can we look at this class? Then Jesus went to them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told his disciples, sit here while I go over yonder and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. I thought this was a faith church. I thought Jesus was a faith man. Well, he is a faith man. But we would be either dishonest or lying to you that in that moment he was tempted to be depressed. He was heavy and he was distressed in his mind. Are you listening to me? And in verse, so what did he do? He went to pray in a moment like that. That's a good model for us. And he took friends with him. Now, it's great to have prayer buddies. I love the prayer warriors in this church. I love them. I love you guys. Thank you for praying. I love going to the prayer meetings. I just started up again, just, just kind of like, wow, I can hardly go by that prayer room and it kind of drags me in there. I go in there and I, I hear the people praying and I go in and I started sitting in on that. I says, man, this is so, this is such a praying church. I love this church. Prayer paves the way for the impossible to be possible. Hallelujah. Where was I on this? <laughs> huh? Gethsemane. Ah, it's good to have friends that pray with you. It's good to turn in prayer requests. But this is what I discovered after reading the scripture and after seeing some of my life things, me and my little life, as Brother Hershey says, there are some things that you are going to have prayer warriors surrounding you. There's some things in life you're going to have a close circle of friends surrounding you. And there's some things in life you wish you had close friends with you, just like Jesus. But they're going to fall out. Because in issues of the will, they're going to fall asleep. In issues of your will, somebody else cannot pray for you. What you need to pray for yourself. This is where the rubber meets the road. And so it's deeply distressing, the things that Jesus was feeling at the time. The challenges that you're feeling like, they're deeply distressing. As, a, as pastors, we get prayer requests, and I re, I'm aware of some very deep, difficult situations that you're facing. But is it possible that you're having Gethsemane moments where even though we're praying for you, you must go to the garden alone with Him and work out this situation. Amen. See, that's where it got real serious. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you, you've got to do your own praying, friends. Hallelujah. And he says, I'm going a little farther. And look what it says in verse 39. It says he threw himself upon the ground his, with, on his face. And he prayed saying, what did he say? My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. You can feel the distress. Friends, I, I've been there. I've, been, I, I've gone through a number of things and I've seen some of my beloved church family go through some things. I really wish you did not have to go through those things. I wish I didn't have to go through them. They're hard things. But notice what Jesus said here a little further. He said, uh, if it's possible, let this cup pass away from me. But nevertheless... Not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and as you desire. Amen. Well, Pastor Tom, aren't you a faith preacher or, or don't you go to a faith church? Don't you know that faith begins where the will of God is known? Friends, was it God's will and intent to send his son into the world that he would give his life for the world? That was he was marching toward his purpose. Right in the middle, right in the center of God's will. God will never allow you to be in a certain place without the grace to walk through it as more than a conqueror. I am convinced of that. He will not allow me to be tempted above that I am able. But, and you, but will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. I don't know what you're going through. Some of you, many of you, I do. 
But whatever it is that you're going through, His grace will not fail you. And then he says, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping in verse 40. He said to Peter, what? Seriously? I added the seriously. (laughs) Are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch with me for one hour? All of you must keep awake and give strict attention and be cautious and active. Watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. And And he says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So again, notice what it says. In this little model that we're looking at today, notice it wasn't, I prayed one time, yes and amen, I believe I receive. It says he prayed a second time in issues of the will. I want you to notice that at the altar of the will, he came back a second time. And he said, Father, if this cannot pass by unless I drink it, your will be done. So he revisited it. It's, can I be honest? So, some things in this arena are very, very difficult. Come on, friends. It's difficult. Just to make the choice. And then he goes on. Uh, it says he, in verse, he came again in 43, found him sleeping again. Uh, never mind that. So 40, verse 44, he went and, and prayed for the third time using the same words. Amen, somebody. And of course, they were, they were uh, sleeping again. But I believe something happened that a grace came on him. Okay, I'm ready. I can do this through, through the strength of my Father. So there you see Christ basically crucifying his own will so that you could allow the power of God to flow in him. And we're going to see in a few moments that every time we do that, when we do the Lord's will, other people get blessed. Was it easy? No, it was not easy for Jesus to go on the cross. But I want to submit this to you. It was in, in, in Golgotha is where the soldiers crucified Jesus' body. But it was in Gethsemane where Jesus crucified his will. Hallelujah. So there you have an example for us today in Mark 8, 34 and 35. This is a real riddle. The the Christian life is very interesting. And I know that you have your thinking caps on. That's good. Keep thinking. Keep receiving. Amen. Sometimes to be great in the kingdom of God, not sometimes. This is the way the kingdom works. To be great in the kingdom, you've got to become a servant of all. To increase in God, you have to give stuff away. The Bible is very clear. There is that that withholds more than is meat. And, and that, that tendeth only to poverty. But then there is that general, the liberal soul, who disperses abroad. And yet that person increases. See, when you do the will of God... Out of a, and, and uh, so when you're obedient and you do the will of God, this may be a, a key for you in your giving. Do not give in a grudging way. Amen. Don't do it, whether it's service, your time, your talents, or your treasures. Get your heart right and give cheerfully, heartily unto the Lord, generously as you serve in whatever team you're serving in. Somebody said amen. amen. That's how God can flow through you and help you. Praise the Lord. And so here it is in, in Mark chapter 8. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, uh, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now that's not a scripture you hear a lot, you know, uh, but uh, it's there in the Bible. And I have an interesting little take on it that God just really blessed me with. And I want to, first I want to read you that in the voice translation in Luke 14, 27. Look what it says. If you don't carry your own cross as if to your own execution as you follow me, you can't be a part of my movement. Ooh, ooh. Luke 14, 27 in the complete Jewish Bible. Whoever does not carry his own execution stake and come after me cannot be my Talmud or my disciple. But let's not be morbid in church. God is good. Everybody say, God is good. 
boy, I tell you what, the Lord just peeled that away for me a little bit in, in something that we can digest. Are you ready for this? I want to read that in the Passion Translation. What it means to be a real follower of Jesus. Jesus summoned the crowd in verse 34 of Mark 8 in the Passion Translation. He summoned the crowd along with his disciples. He had them gather around and he said to them, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. And you must be, somebody say it, willing. Say it again. Willing. To share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways and let your life go. There it is. If you want a life, you have to let it go. Like, really? Yeah. you got to let go. of your. Instead of trying to grab onto everything, just grab on. It's let go. Now, notice what he said in the latter port, portion of that scripture. He says, uh, if you choose Let's see. If you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Friends, here, here's a thought. If you are trying and scratching and bawling and doing everything you can do to hang on to life for yourself, you can't do it. You cannot increase your quality of life just because you're really working on it. You're reading all those self-help books and you're really learning how to communicate and you're really pushing your way to the top. That's not how it works. According to what he said is if you will crucify your own will and your own way, when you have that coworker that is really getting on your nerves... And I'm not talking about church. I'm just, just, I'm not talking. All right, just checking. That coworker, but, but, but real close by, some of you wear a cross. Well, start using that cross for something. Start crucifying your own will in your own way and your own right. Who do they think they are? I'll tell you who they think they are. Never mind. What does the will of God have to say about this? If you could trust the will of God to be loving and for get your offense and I'm not talking about football get your offense and get your defense and stick it on that cross and nail it there and you say okay Lord what's your will and you be loving what does the Bible say about our motives you know Christianity can be I I think uh, described in, in very basic form as the motives of your heart You know, when we stand before the throne of God, that's what He is going to hold us accountable. But I did this, but I did that, but I did this and that. What is the motive of your heart? I mean, there was a sorcerer in the book of Acts that said, Hey, you lay hands and people receive the Holy Spirit. Right on. Here's some money. I want want that skill too. What was the motive of his heart? Control, influence, power. He thought that this is a rabbit's foot. I'll add that to my bag of tricks. God is not interested in your bag of tricks. What he is interested in is love out of a pure heart and faith unfeigned. That's what he's interested in. The motivation of your heart. We can all wash the dishes but have different motivations. I'll get even with them. I'll wash the dishes. There's no reward in that. Let him pick up his cross. Take your off. Take your hurt. They hurt me. Yeah, they did. They hurt you. They hurt Jesus. He's hanging on the cross and they're mocking him. But what did he say? He's what he said. Take up the cross and follow me. They mocked him. What did he say? Father, come on, come on, come on, help me. Father, forgive them. For what? For they know not what they do. Wow. That's seriously, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I like what what the Apostle Paul says. I'm counting him faithful. That I am going to entrust into him that which I give him and he's going to keep it for me. Hallelujah. God has great keeping power, friends. Hallelujah. Let's take a praise break. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
So let's, let's, let's review a little bit more. Is there anything else about Jesus? Ah, oh, yes, there is. When you read in Scripture, when for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. Or let's put it this way. He endured the cross experience, right? He lost some benefits. He got severed from the Father. First time ever in the eternity of eternities, Jesus was ever separated from the Father. But he, in, he trusted the Father and he went through the process knowing that, yeah, he went into the depths of Sheol, right? But he trusted the Lord that on that third day is coming, that he would not allow his soul to see corruption, that he would raise him up out of that place. So whatever they've cheated you out of, whatever pain that you have endured, whatever uh, grave has happened to you financially or emotionally, you can trust like Jesus did that you took up your cross, you followed Jesus, and but it may seem like that thing is dead and you're six feet under that part of your life, but friends, the third day's coming and He is still the resurrection and the life. I'm just saying... Hallelujah. We can trust Him. So see, for the joy that was set before Him. What joy? He saw us. He saw us. See, He gave up His rights and His privileges. And now look at the family that He bought. Wow. Can we look at another patriarch right quick? Can we look at Moses? I want to show you something else. Let's look a little bit at the patriarchs that did the same thing. There is no mystery here, friends. Every one of us, somewhere along the line, are going to have to go to the garden and we're going to have to put our will on the altar or crucify what we thought. I mean, my goodness, sometimes, you know, even I'm thinking about Naaman, the leper in, in the book of Kings. Uh, he said, okay, I'm going to go here and I'm going to get healed. But he even put a stipulation. Let's, this is good, Lord. He put a stipulation on how it was going to... Now, this is how God's going to work. You know, the, the, so there's a prophet and he's going to come out and he's going to do hocus pocus and wave his hands around and then the leprosy is going to depart. That's what he had in his mind. But the prophet didn't even come out. He sent his helper. He sent, I don't know, he sent the water boy. Yeah. Says, oh yeah, go by the way, go and 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 dip seven times in a real ew, real nasty ew river, and if you do that, you're gonna come up whole. And boy, Naaman was really upset. He was so mad. He said, forget this. And then a real wise person, this is where a good buddy can come into play. Hallelujah. A faithful friend. See, you can't pray for somebody, but you might get the wisdom of God to help someone so that when they go to Gethsemane and they crucify whatever their agenda and their plan is, that they'll respond to the will of God. Little, the guy said, well, you know, uh, you would do some great thing if he said, you've got to go here and do there. You've got to go to the highest mountain. You go to the furthest reaches. of the, You're going to have, you would do that. Yes, of course I would do that. He says, well, they're just asking you to just dip in the river. I mean, well, there's plenty of good rivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that the rivers are nicer where we come from. But I mean, maybe can we give this a try? And you know, that's one of the best things we could help people to do, to be with them in their moment of decision. In their moment where they're trying and they're not quite trusting the Lord, you could help point it out to them, not in a critical way, but to say, I'm with you here. But, but, but you know, you, this is your choice. And God has something good for you on the other side of this. Can you trust God? Well, the guy trusted God. He went to the river, dipped seven times. What happened? He came up what? Clean. Hallelujah. But it didn't happen according to his will. If life was happening on his terms, according to his will, see, he wanted the kingdom to come. He said, thy kingdom come, but my will be done. I want you to come out and wave the hocus pocus and do the hokey pokey and turn it around. And when you do that, then it's all good. Then I'm good. I'm good with that. The method, the time, the place, the people, friends, we need to crucify that, our expectation. You know what? Salvation will come to you in ways that you may not expect, but you got to be open Amen. to know that God is going to provide 
for his people and he loves you and he's coming through for you. Hallelujah. I think that was a good enough little journey. Hallelujah. So where were we? Oh, yes. We're going to talk about David the patriarch. Where are we? Okay, good. Um, So here we go with uh, Moses who uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26, in the King James Version, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to do what? Suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of what? Sin for a season. Well, okay, friend, do you realize what this guy just did? He was right in line for the throne, He had all of his needs met. He was a popular dude. He had it made. I mean, he was a rich guy. He was, he was like in the, in the best place at the right time. And sometimes that's why you have to be careful that just because things look good, just because all these needs are met does not, just because the job pays so much X amount of money doesn't mean that that's the will of God. Let's stop being materialistic about it. So all of his needs beyond his wildest imaginations were being met. And he had a choice in this. I said he had a choice in this. But you know what he did? He took this whole lavish lifestyle, the lifestyle of the rich and famous. He took it and he nailed it on the cross. And he threw it all away so that he could do, do, to take what's behind the curtain. What's behind the curtain? Disdain, messes, poor people, you know. It was, it was, it was the unknown, but he, had a, but, but he chose that because he knew because, now let me tell you something, and this is something that you as a church, you as an individual, you as a family need to understand this. He chose rather to suffer the affliction with God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming, catch this, valuing, yelping, the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of reward alright so let me drive that home because I'm with you all day I want to make sure you get out before five God is a rewarder get that he rewards he's a rewarder He's a rewarder for those. The rewards will hunt you down and he's pouring it on you. But you have to sacrifice your will, your plan, what you thought, your timing on things. So he gave up that lavish lifestyle, went out into the desert in what apparently would be shame. Didn't they kind of shame him? Wasn't it kind of shame? He's banished, right? But as a result of that, I just got this revelation as we were preaching in the first service. Look what happened. Look what happened. Remember I said that whenever you go and you sacrifice something on that altar and you do the will of God, that something really good happens for not only you but other people? Remember how Jesus, for the, for the, for the joy that was set before him, right? right? So here's Moses. In the, in the, when the day came and the dust settled... It says that when Israel left, it says, first of all, there was not one weak or feeble among their tribes. And it also says that they spoiled the Egyptians. They went to everyone and they said, give me, give me, I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you. I'll take it. They took the riches of Egypt with them. So remember what Moses had it real good for himself. Are you listening to me? He had it real good for himself when he crucified that. When they left, the entire nation was able to take it all and take it and go as a rich nation. (laughs) Now, isn't that interesting? Instead of saying like, I have it made, it was like, Wow, we have it made. They took silver, gold, jewelry. They took it, raiment. They took everything. It, when you say you spoil the Egyptians, you spoiled. Yes. The, they cleaned house. Hallelujah. So can you see that? Can you see that? Hallelujah. 
Wow. And so we see how whenever people do the will of God, that means the way God wants it done, when he wants it done, despite what, you, what it may look like to you, people get blessed and the kingdom comes. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want Jesus glorified in heart of the bay? Absolutely the truth. I have, I have to kind of wrap. I don't know when they wrap it up. Hallelujah. But I'll, I'll just touch this real quickly. And that was the Apostle Paul crucified his whole pedigree. Did the same thing that this other brother did. He crucified the whole thing. He gave up his, his training, his position. He was, he was a, one really mean dude. He had a quite, quite a bit of credential. He was a highly credentialed individual. And he said, I count it all loss for the excellency of the knowledge of God in his Christ. Hallelujah. And then also, let me see if there was, there was another touch. So, so Moses did the right thing. And a bunch of people got, uh, 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 Paul did the right thing. And a bunch of people got blessed. Is that right? Hallelujah. Joshua did the right thing, which is what we're going to turn to. I'm going to have you put up in a moment Joshua 24, 14, and 15, and we're going to stop at that. But I thought there was another individual. Oh, yeah. There was, there was Joseph. Joseph. So in case you may sing the song, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows. In case you think that your situation is the worst and that nobody understands, I want to encourage you today. Here's a, here's a young man, Joseph, who is betrayed by his family. His own kin strip him and throw him into a pit. Then they sell him to strangers. Boy, life is not looking too good for Joseph. But I thought, well, I'm a faith man. I'm a faith preacher. Stuff like that don't happen. You can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Okay, he was in the pit. Then he gets sold to, to slave traders. Then he ends up in Potiphar's house, but he keeps somehow, he manages to keep his heart right and said, not my will, but your will be done. And he just is a blessing wherever he is. There's a clue right there. Continue to be a blessing. Is that right? So, so then he gets accused of all things. You have one of the most faithful people you could possibly find, full of integrity, and he gets accused of something he didn't do. So then it gets worse. Right when you thought it was bad, it gets even worse. He gets thrown in the dungeon. And then, and he's forgotten. And he's, but what does he do? He keeps praising the Lord anyway. He still had a dream. Has God put a dream in your heart? He still remembered that the word that God told him. That he said, I just saw those cows come up and the other cows come up. And they bowed to this cow. And this thing and the moon bowed and this and that. So the grains bowed and bowed. So I know God's on me. How many of you know at heart of the bay, God is on you? Come on. How many you know God is in you? How many you know God is thinking about you? And he didn't just come up with a plan just yesterday that he's been working on this before you were born he's got paths for you to walk in he's got a mission he's got a destiny he's got an anointing and he's got a pathway for you to walk absolutely the truth it is a redemptive pathway where you're not just going to save yourself you're going to bring a whole lot of people with you I said a whole lot of people with you hallelujah we're almost done so he had reason to be offended, but he took that offense. They lied about me. They betrayed me. He put that on there. He hammered it there. There's another one. Okay, there you go. Hammer that one. He stayed sweet. He stayed nice. You might say he was walking in love. Hallelujah. Yeah. But eventually he was even forgotten. But the day came. I just feel something on that. The day came. Somebody say the day came. Day. See, it didn't look very good for the home team. Lord help the 49ers. It didn't look very good for the home team. But even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You, come on. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're... Why? You never stop. You never stop work. Why? You never stop. You never stop working. Okay, I got to stop you. We could sing that for a while. Even though he's not stopping working, I have to stop you. I'm sorry. I got to let you out here so you can get your game face on. Hallelujah. The day came and your day is coming. He went... 
from the dungeon to the top one day. One day. And you know what? He didn't do it. God did it. And I have a word for you. If God doesn't do it, who are you trying to do it? This is something that it's going to take God. It's going to take God to fix that relationship. It's going to take God to get you out of debt. It's going to take God to get your family back together again. It's going to take God. You can't do it. But a yielded heart that trusts the Lord with their own will crucified, picking up daily their cross and their will crucifying it. Oh, there's another chance. There's that big cross. Let me crucify that thing and let me walk in the love of God today. So what happened? He ended up being blessing a lot of people, right? He was placed into command, second in command in Egypt. And the entire known world came to Egypt because of the wisdom and the anointing on that one man. And I'm telling you, you have an unction from the Holy One. God wants to use you in your generation. God's using us in our generation. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I'm just going to say this when it comes to our will. I just really love this scripture. Hallelujah. Where am I? And these are words that um, uh, Joshua said. Of course, and you may, might as well stand up. Let me, you've been sitting long enough. We're about to close. Joshua said this in uh, chapter 24, verse 14 through 15. How many you enjoying this so far? How many you glad I'm about done? Hallelujah. And you know I can't keep you standing more than a minute or two, so I'm not going to... Okay. Anyway, verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Where's your will? Where's your will? Heart of the bay! Where is your will? Whether you're going to serve the gods of your fathers that served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Now let's read this together real loud and real strong. But, but, one more, but, okay, as for me and my house. As for me and my house. Again, as for me and my house. Now say this real strong. We will serve the Lord. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah.